Is this thing on, Greek? It's on. All right. The Jew and the Greek reunited again. It's incredible. This Sikorsky guy. I'm going to just keep taunting him. Like I said last week, he's just scared of you, Greek. I don't know. After the, the way my predictions have gone over the last month, I don't know why anybody would be scared of me to talk basketball. I mean, it... It's like throwing a throwing mud at the wall. Every once in a while, something I say sticks. The rest of them just fall off into a pile of shit on the ground. Well, you know, I'm just trying to look at like logical explanations why this guy who literally grew up playing basketball as a kid had the scholarship, had it all, has the deepest knowledge of, of all sports that I know is just seems to be incapable of sitting down with you once a week talking some basketball for 20 minutes. So I, I'm forced to say, I think that he's intimidated. I think that like he's met his match and he's just now he's he's in hiding. Honestly, I think he's just got a little bit of a soft spot for the Greek and he feels bad. He feels bad coming on the air and criticizing me for my horrible, horrible takes. <laughs> All right. Well, so be it. Um, well, prospect fans. Yes, that's right. I'm back. The Jew sitting here with the Greek. As I said last week, I feel this is his show now at this point. So I am just, uh, I'm going to be his Ed McMahon. Andy Richter. I'm going to be his Andy. I'm his side, I'm his, you know, sidekick at this point. I'm the Greek sidekick. So anyway, uh, welcome. And uh, today we've got, uh, I think, you know, I, <laughs> I have read all of my prepared questions and I'm going to say, you know what? I think we have a pretty good show uh, coming at you. It seems interesting to me and I'm not even a sports guy. So I think we're in good shape. And uh, we'll just jump right in. So, Greg. Yes, sir. Obviously, we got to start off with the NBA Finals. Now, you know, I'm watching them. And I have to say, I had a little anxiety. I was having a little anxiety, these guys. You know, they both, you know, I don't know where which direction it's going. It seemed to, though, get a little more interesting after game two before Denver righted the ship last night. Definitely, you saw a different team playing last night, I'd say. They they were Denver. Yeah. Any thoughts and comments? Yeah, well, a couple. Number one, I have come on this show and predicted the elimination of the Miami Heat against the Milwaukee Bucks, against the New York Knicks, and against the Boston Celtics. So... Me picking Denver in four or five in the finals should have been a giant glaring red light to bet on the Miami Heat. However, game one, I thought Denver was far superior team. After watching game one, I, I really didn't know if Miami would win a game. Unfortunately for Denver, I feel like they felt that way too. And they showed up for game two uh in their in their home run trot i mean abominable defensively abominable just in every kind of mental aspect of the game they were outplayed they were out hustled they were out coached they were out thought on the floor and miami for all their warts as a basketball team they are about as mentally tough a team as I've seen in the league in the last decade. They are going to bring it every night. They might not beat you, but you never have to worry about the Miami Heat's focus or effort in a game. And I really felt like in game two, that was more a story about how unprepared the Denver Nuggets were for that game than how great Miami was. Um, my theory on that was 
for a rare occasion or in a rare occasion proven right last night. Denver came out focused and it wasn't really a competitive basketball game. I mean, Miami was fighting and scratching to keep it somewhat close, but you always felt that Denver was just going to go on a run and put it out of reach, which they eventually did. Uh, tip of the cap to Bam Adebayo. He's played really well offensively in this series. Um, however, like every other big man that the Joker has come across so far on this run, um, Joker is just abusing him on uh, when, when the Nuggets are on offense, just like he abused AD and DeAndre Ayton and Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, okay, let's, let's save the Joker for a minute because okay. I want to ask you, if Denver wins the chip, where does this postseason run by the Joker elevate him in a historical sense? If Denver goes on and wins these last two games, which I expect them to, um, I think Joker now belongs in the conversation with guys like Akeem Olajuwon. Uh, I mean, you're talking about someone who was a two-time MVP already, would have been uh, three times in a row MVP if he hadn't decided to just take the last month of this season off and get ready for the playoffs. I mean, he moves into a top five or six centers of all time discussion, and he's still just entering his prime. I mean, if Joker was to ride off on one of his Serbian horses after the finals into the sunset and call it a career, I still think he's a top five center of all time. However, Joker now has the potential, in my opinion, to reach that level just below the Wilt, Kareem, Bill Russell triumvirate. I, I, I know people out there are going to say it's it's blasphemy that I think Joker has the potential to get to a Shaquille O'Neal's level career-wise, but when you really break down Shaquille O'Neal's career, Shaquille, after his third straight championship for the Lakers, decided he was more interested in making movies and rap albums and started showing up to camp weighing 400 pounds and really underachieved for the rest of his career. So yes, I do think Joker has, the, the potential is there for Joker to match or exceed the career outputs of one Shaquille O'Neal to end up as the fourth best big man in the history of basketball. I'll tell you, it's funny because um, I saw a, a little post-game interview with him yesterday and apparently did he do something great he did something great right he, he broke like an all-time nba again record, every didn't game he? he's breaking records but yes it was like a really big deal he's the first person in nba history to do the 30 20 10 like he did right last i don't know what any finals. of it means yeah. but i know that the um <laughs> the interviewer asked him like aren't you excited da, 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 you did this you know what do you think and he's like i don't care he's not lying i mean he just literally was like i don't care he could truly care less about being famous. Uh, there's an incredible clip, clip that's gone viral. Last year, the Nuggets had an injury plague season, had already been eliminated early in the playoffs when the NBA announced their MVP, which was Joker. They had to fly someone out to Serbia to present the Joker with his MVP trophy on his horse ranch. That's where the Joker was awarded his MVP, on a Serbian horse ranch. The guy, Kevin Durant, sent out a tweet yesterday and deleted it like 15 minutes later. I don't know why, because it was perfect. His tweet was, Joker could care less about being a star. The only thing he cares about is playing the game, going home, FaceTiming with his horse, 
and then going to sleep. Uh, okay, that, I, I, I gotta tell you. That encapsulates, <laughs> encapsulates the Joker perfectly. Right I wasn't there. really uh, a fan, uh, per se, of him. You know, he just seemed like kind of a, I don't know. Didn't I just didn't like the guy. I didn't get the good vibe. But the more I'm, I'm learning, I kind of am coming around. I love him. Okay, let's move on. In NBA news and gossip, Adam Silver seems to be dropping a lot of hints about a substantial punishment on the way for our favorite controversial lightning rod, John Morant. God, this guy just can't keep it in his pants. I mean, his guns, his weapons, right? What do you think is going to happen to this guy? Well, let me start by saying I hope this is the last episode we're talking about John Morant's escapades off the court because he's a tremendously fun player to watch. But... I'm getting a vibe. I predicted uh, the last time I was on the, the prospect with Sikorsky that we were looking at maybe half a season suspension for John Morant. I'm ready to double down on that statement. I think John Morant is suspended the entire season next year. I think John Morant is looking at a Ron Artest-like suspension. And it's unfortunate. Like, why the fuck? does this guy keep doing stupid stuff? Like, okay, you could say the first thing, the first time, getting into a fight with a 17-year-old kid and pulling a gun on him is pretty goddamn stupid. You'd think he would learn from that. No, a couple weeks later, he's threatening a guy at the footlocker and has his posse waiting for him when he gets off work. You learn from that? No. Next thing you know, he's filmed uh, basically emptying a bank vault on the floor of a strip club VIP room. By the way, I was impressed, not upset with John Morant for that whole move. So, Jock, good looking on that one. But pulling a gun out on your IG Live was probably the dumbest of dumb maneuvers until he decided to do it again. Yeah, what's the only thing dumber than pulling a gun on Instagram? Doing it again. Doing it again. Yes. All so, right. Jock, so get some help. I hope you're not gone for the whole year because I really do enjoy watching him play. But if shit doesn't change, I have a very, very bad feeling about not just where Jaws' career is going, but where his life is going. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about, um, and this is near and dear to your heart. Of course, we have to move into a little bit um, of Suns territory. We're not, this is not, and by the way, just because, you know, I think all of our listeners realize that, the, you know, the Suns are near and dear, that you would talk about them, you know, ad nauseum if you had the chance. I'd like to say this isn't gratuitous Suns talk right now. No, there's there real news. There's real news. Yeah. And it was bonkers. And even uh, I was confused and uh, you seemed confused, right? You started the day like somebody died. And I asked you what was going on. You said, yeah, Chris Paul just got fired. There was a tweet. Yeah. And, da, da, da. and yeah. then, listen, by the time I got home and I'm watching the news, there were 72 versions of what's going on. Like telephone, the old kids game. Yeah. Why don't you yeah. walk us through what the hell happened? And then how do you see it all playing out? Well, it happened because Chris Haynes once again proved when it comes to being a newsbreaker of the caliber of Shams or Woj, uh, Chris Haynes has a long way to go. Chris Haynes reports that the Suns are waving Chris Paul. Twitter explodes. My head explodes. My friends' heads explode. <laughs> but within a half hour, Shams, Woj, uh, the local Suns newsbreaker, John Gambadoro are all saying, this report is false. 
the Suns and Chris Paul and his representatives have been meeting and will continue to meet. And they are looking at all options when it comes to Chris Paul. Trade, keeping him at his current salary number, which is the least likely scenario in my opinion. There's the scenario that was talked about yesterday, which is uh, Chris Paul has two years left on his contract for $60 million. However, the Suns have to make a decision before June 24th whether to guarantee that $60 million. Only $15 million of it is guaranteed. So if the Suns say before June 24th that we're not guaranteeing that contract, Chris Paul gets a $15 million check and he's no longer under contract with the Phoenix Suns. I think what is very possible to happen is Chris Paul is told, here's your $15 million check, and then he turns around and re-signs with the Suns for the minimum, which would be like two or $3 million. So Chris Paul will make $18 million next year instead of 30 next year and 30 the season after that. Now, people are saying, well, he could go somewhere else, correct. but. Nowhere else will he make the 17, 18 million dollars that he would make with the Suns if he were to be waived and then brought back on the, on the league minimum. So I think that's the most likely scenario. However, there's always the feelings aspect and there's the aspect of Chris Paul, his family lives in Los Angeles. So I think if the Suns try that maneuver, there's a risk of Chris Paul ending up signing with the Lakers or the Clippers, which is my, if Chris Paul ends up with the Lakers, it will truly just crush my soul. I hope that doesn't happen. But we will uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. I understand the Suns' thoughts. I wouldn't want to give Chris Paul $60 million over the next two years, especially after he's, his injuries in the playoffs the last three years are really the reason we don't have a trophy downtown at the Suns Arena. I love him. I think he's been amazing for the Suns, but there's no way we can pay him $30 million next year. He's not that player anymore. Well... <clears throat> We'll see what happens. I, you know, he, he looks like a, he looks, yeah, he looks like a very, <laughs> looks like a very nice young man. Love CP3. Very nice young man indeed. All right, but let's, you know, there's more Suns news, right? They hired a new head coach. They held a press conference on Tuesday. Guy by the name of Frank Vogel. What are your thoughts about this guy? Well, he's a good coach. I mean, he won the NBA title what three years ago with the Lakers. Seems uh, good. Seems like a nice guy. Nice guy. He's an amazing defensive coach. I was concerned about the offensive side of the ball, but the Suns really pulled a rabbit out of their hat. They convinced Kevin Young, the lead assistant for Monty Williams here in Phoenix, to stay aboard as kind of the pseudo offensive coordinator for the Suns. Now they did that by giving Kevin Young the largest contract for any assistant coach in the NBA. He's gonna be making in the neighborhood of $2 million a year. Um, so that really makes this coaching hire to me a very, very solid hire. With Frank Vogel and Kevin Young and now David Fisdale on the staff, I'm, I gotta say, as much as I love Monty Williams, I'm pretty impressed with the staff that's been put together. And I, especially hearing about, hearing Vogel talk about the way he really wants to rebuild my guy, DeAndre Ayton, I, uh, I have high hopes for this coaching staff. I was gonna throw that one at you. I had a, set, a special question for you yeah. that you didn't provide. Yeah. Which was, what? how do you feel about all this DA talk? Are you freaking out? Like, and just so you should know, listeners. I'm don't, gonna, give, don't give that away to people. They'll be able to sign into everything. I'm just saying, you know, this guy. I'm a big fan. DeAndre's his guy. 
since he was a 16 year old high school kid out here. I feel I like I feel yet. like if the Greek was a 14 year old boy, he'd have posters up of this guy. Like he, oh, for sure. he loves this guy. Yes. So Greek, I heard there's a, some rumblings with Aiden now. There's rumblings with Aiden every year. He's been traded 34 times by my count already every <laughs> year. Uh, you know, uh, as, like literally an hour before he signed his contract extension with the Suns, everybody said he was leaving. It's this is old hat. I, I would hope that the Suns front office, uh, it sounds like Frank Bogle is smart enough to realize that he's really just scratching the surface. And, you know, to play under a coach, and I love Monty Williams, but let's not beat around the bush. Monty Williams and Aiton, their relationship was fractured. Um, and I, I put that on the coach. You can't, you know, it's it's players get blamed all the time. But, you know, when you're a 50 plus year old man who's as wise, as mature as Monty Williams, to kind of bicker with your 24 year old player and then freeze him out the way you did. I, I thought it was one of the few real failings of Monty Williams' tenure here as a Suns coach. But I love the guy, he seems like a sweet kid. His teammates seem to love him and he's, his talent level is ridiculous. So I hope that they keep him around because I truly believe that he will end up being the third best center in basketball. I don't think he ever reaches the Joker or Joel Embiid's level, but. I, I think he'll end up being the third best center in basketball when it's all said and done. So be smart, Suns fans. Keep DA here and let him maximize his potential here in Phoenix. Think about how much it would suck to watch him explode next year and be an all-star for the team you trade him to. Similar to what happened with Mikel Bridges. Um, I don't want to relive that again. So Suns, keep fucking DeAndre Ayton a Phoenix Sun. Thank you. Okay. That's well, my public service. Well, spe okay. Well, speaking of trades, what about, uh, you know, LeBron? Oh, you mean the dumbest trade rumor in NBA history? I yes. mean, it sounds, you know. Uh, Kyrie Irving seems like he was maybe smoking some of that, uh, that sage that he wanders around uh, trying to refresh arenas with. For those of you who have seen that video, I, I think you know what I'm talking about. I think, I think Kyrie smoked a little of the funny stuff before he leaked this to... Who else? Chris Haynes, who said that Kyrie is trying to convince LeBron to come to the Mavericks. Well, that's all well and good. But number one, LeBron's under contract. Number two, there is absolutely nothing on the Mavericks roster outside of a guy named Luka Doncic that uh, the Lakers would want for LeBron James. Number three, LeBron James doesn't want to go live in Texas. So the whole thing was this ignorant exercise of the talk, the screaming A. Smiths and Skip Baylesses of the world. It gave them something to chew on for a couple hours until people with rational minds actually look at that and say, I have a better chance of playing for the Dallas Mavericks next year than LeBron James does. And I'll leave the stupid rumor there. I think it was Chris Haynes has taken some L's this week. Like pretty soon he's going to be the sideline reporter for the Brophy St. Mary's game. Uh, for those of you who don't live in Phoenix, Brophy and St. Mary's are two high school teams, by the way. You didn't get my joke. I apologize. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for a, another action-packed show. You know, I, 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 I still, I'd like to end with maybe you throw a little challenge out there, a little gauntlet to Sikorsky and, you know, say, listen, when, when are you going to uh, man up and get back here on this? Or are you just scared? Sikorsky... Quit playing around with the Hollywood types. Get back to the office and let's talk hoops. All right, you heard it, Sikorsky. The gauntlet, it's been thrown. See if you can answer the call. All right, podcast people, prospect fans, thank you for uh, listening to another episode. Leave us a good review and we'll see you next week.
Adios. Adios.